Good morning, everybody online. Welcome to church. Good to have you with us today. Uh, it's obvious that there's still so many of you that are staying home, and I know that with the news this week that there's so many cases of, of COVID uh, now everywhere, and it's, it's kind of record-breaking. We understand it. We get it. Uh, we still miss you, and we wish you were here. Uh, so, But uh, it's good to have you here. Uh, online with us. Just join right in with us and uh, enjoy uh, the Word of God today. If you do have your Bibles, open them to 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. I want to talk today about pressure. <laughs> I want to talk about pressure today. Um, you know, I, I preached a series a number of years ago now about patience. And I, I said in there... Um, multiple times that, you know, just because you have to wait for something doesn't mean that God's not in it. We've kind of all gotten used to this now faith is message, and when things don't happen now or in a very short amount of time, we kind of get, you know, rocked by that, like, what am I doing wrong, or where, why, I mean, maybe that's just God not wanting me to have it, or what have you, and so um, I would tell you, you can go watch on our YouTube channel, uh, that series is there. I'd go watch that whole thing um, called Wait For It. Uh, you could go watch that whole series. But I do want to touch on something that I uh, mentioned in that. It was just a real small part of that, of that series. But I, I just was praying about it. And, you know, there's a couple of things stirring in my heart, and I hopefully we're going to get, it by the, get to it before the end of the year. Uh, the Lord's been dealing with me about sowing. Uh, and so I'm probably going to do a little series on sewing before, and not just your typical magic formula sewing <laughs> thing that, that so many people do. Uh, the Lord's just kind of really been dealing with me about that, and so we're going to talk about that. But today, I just really felt like in spite of what's going on in the country right now, uh, what's going on with your politics, and what's going on with people's lives, uh, whether it's uh, political, whether it's, uh, you know, your neighbor, your job, uh, or lack thereof, that there is a lot of pressure being dealt out right now. And um, that's what we want to talk about today. I want to talk about these words that are on the screen right now. Pressure is not the indicator. And, and you say, well, the indicator of what? Pressure is not the indicator of something not working. Pressure is not the indicator of something not working. Some people think that it is, and you can watch them in the midst of it. You can see the pressure building, and then they feel like in order to get the response they want, they need to start putting pressure on people around them, on the situation. They start trying to add to the pressure because the pressure's on them. And then they, they go, well, then, you know, no, <laughs> it's not working. And the thing about it is, is pressure is something that is there. We all have it. We all experience it. We all go through it. But listen to me now, pressure is not an indication that something is working or isn't working. Pressure is something that comes from the consequence or the fear of the consequences of what might happen. I don't know if we've got a duck on stage or what, but something's making a noise back there. The great New England preacher Philip Brooks was noted for his poise and quiet manner, and at times, however, he even suffered moments of frustration and irritability. One day, a friend saw him feverishly pacing the floor like a caged lion. What's the trouble, Mr. Brooks? The, the man asked. And this is hilarious. He said, the trouble is I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. I mean, haven't we all been there? <laughs> God, I need you to answer now. <laughs> Actually, three days ago. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can see that if we had time, we'd go there. Uh, when Lazarus died, <laughs> Jesus waited four days, three days to go. 
And when he got there, the, the, you know, Mary came running to him and she was like, hey, where have you been? If you'd have been here three days ago, my brother would still be alive. What is that? That's pressure. We, we're in a hurry here. And you just decided to take your sweet old time and get here whenever you wanted. <laughs> this is how it is with us. But here's what I want to challenge you with today. Look at your situation like this. You are closer now to the answer than you've ever been before because all that waiting time is now behind you. Listen to those over-arousing amens there. I mean, everybody's so excited to hear that. <laughs> well, but, but, but it's still not here. Yeah, but you're closer now than you've ever been before. Come on, folks. Online people, come on. Amen so loud we can hear you through the chat room. Listen, you're closer now than you ever have been to the answer that you've been seeking God for. Come on, you're closer now to that raise. You're closer now, come on, to that promotion. You're closer now, come on, to that new house, that new car. Come on, you're closer now than you've ever been before. Closer than you've ever been before. All that waiting time's behind you. Single people, you're closer to that dream spouse than you've ever been before. No amens. All right. <laughs> no matter how you feel, no matter what is looking you in the face, do you believe God more than what is staring you in the face? Do you really? Things will ratchet up, and that pressure will build. Come on, the rent is due. My lease is up. This is what the doctor told me. This is what I'm afraid I'm going to have to do. I've got to be out in three weeks. I need something to do now. Come on, I'm not getting any younger. My biological clock is ticking. <laughs> There are so many things. Ratchet it up. Ratchet it up. What are we going to do? When you are in faith and pressure comes, listen to me now. This is important. That is not God working to help you. And that's not God telling you that it's not going to work. Listen to this now. Pressure is a distraction trying to get your attention away from God working to help you. 1 Samuel chapter 13, let's look in verse 5. Now I want you to look at the steps that Saul takes here. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. It's pretty impressive. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. Verse 6. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. Look at these next words. But Samuel didn't come. Nope. Samuel didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. Now, this is the same Saul that we all villainize for, for stunts like what he's about to pull. But if you go back and look at Saul, when he first became king, the Bible says that the anointing came on him so strong that he literally turned into somebody else. 
he became a different man his countenance changed i mean he was already tall the bible says head and shoulders above everybody i can relate the bible says that he was handsome again i really um the bible says that but he was shy and he was backward in fact he went and hid himself the day that they anointed him and then the anointing came on him so strong he turned into somebody else and he stood up and prophesied prophesied down the power i mean he brought it down he stood up and changed into somebody else and became the king of israel so we're talking about a guy who this is before the fall this is before the villainous trying to kill david this is when he's still in his anointed time of his life now in the old testament i don't know whether you realize this or not the anointing didn't come on everybody see now we all have access to the anointing that's why when we're standing in service and we we feel the presence of god and we cry come on and we and we feel like oh i just felt like the holy spirit touched me in service today or whatever i feel like you know i was praying and the the pages of the bible just opened up and appeared to me that's the anointing that didn't happen in the old testament to everybody it's only three people that it happened to the priest the prophet and the king that's it so so we're talking about saul the anointed king of israel the power of god comes on him he prophesied he's done amazing things as his lead, as a leader and he goes and he he's again in the old testament there was a time that kings went to war you can actually see a little bit of scripture talking about this right before david meets bathsheba the bible says at the time of year when all kings went to war david stayed behind which that's a whole nother message he wasn't where he was supposed to be he was where he wanted to be that's why he was doing the he had an affair and did all, all that but that's not what we're talking about today so there was a time that kings were supposed to go to war they were supposed to expand their territories sure up the weak places they went to war with the with their neighbors all the time and so saul's out doing listen to me now this is important he's out doing what he's supposed to do saul's in the right here then saul is also waiting seven days for samuel as samuel had instructed him earlier what is he doing he is obeying the word of god so here is a man walking in an anointed call come on walking in his purpose of that call and walking in the instructions of the word i want you to catch this loud and clear you can be in the center of god's will know the scripture feeding yourself on it regularly you can be walking in the anointing and pressure is still going to come knocking on your door there is and so many faith people get so disillusioned when it does because i thought that i thought I thought that, I, I mean, I thought that, you know, I believe God's going to deliver me. And I believe, and that doesn't mean that the pressure isn't going to get there. Listen, and it's might as, we might as well just stop acting like it isn't so. I talk to some preachers and, and pastors and friends of mine and stuff like that. And I hear them say, yeah, man, I don't, we just don't even talk about the problem here. And we just kind of act like it's not even there. And... And I'm like, how long has that been going on? Oh, 27 years. Listen, if you feel pressure, don't tell me you don't act like it's there. Pressure is real. It is something that really exists. No matter how anointed you are come on no matter how obedient you are no matter how much in faith you are pressure still comes and you might as well just get over the fact it's always going to be there 
some folks have have let the words of, of brother Hagen uh, be taken out of context and, and meant to be something that it said and if you don't know who I'm talking about I'm talking about Kenneth Hagen father of the faith movement I had the pleasure of working for him for a number of years but he made he would make statements like this I don't get headaches some of you that have ever followed him probably heard him say that I don't get headaches and he would make the second part of the phrase and nobody would coin would, would quote that one he'd say I, I have passed up marvelous opportunities to have one though <laughs> now what was he saying those, th those things come to me just like they come to everybody else but I am not going to go ahead and claim it and say it's mine <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say this headache can't stay here now by the time we hear the stories later on in his life he would say you know I was pulling out on the road and my head started hurting and I just spoke to it and by the time I got to the stoplight it was gone and everybody goes that's how it needs to be for me and the thing about it was, by that stage, he had been in ministry 60 years, preaching faith for 60 years, and really had a little bit better understanding of how this thing works. He's not a novice trying it out. Okay? Man that's anointed. Man that's obedient. Man that's standing on the word. And here this pressure comes. You're going to have pressure in your life. It's going to come. It's going to show up. Now look at what happened here. Saul in his anointing, Saul in his obedience, and Saul in his faith did not get the answer he was desiring. Oh, Pastor Brent, please don't, please don't go here. Somebody needs to go here. Because look at what Samuel did. It, it says... He, he was waiting for seven days for Samuel as Samuel had instructed him. Samuel's the prophet, giving him the word. As Samuel had instructed him earlier. Look at this. So Saul does what he's supposed to do. I'm out here going to war. Come on. <laughs> I'm anointed to be this great leader, and you told me to wait, so I'm waiting. Seven days comes and goes, and Samuel does not show up faith people come on now what happens when you're anointed come on what happens when you're obedient and what happens when you're in faith and this happens well pastor brent that will that won't that won't happen it happens all the time it happens all the time And look at what happens here. Samuel doesn't come, and so Saul is at the end of the rope. Now, I've done everything I, I feel like I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to do now? So Saul, Saul makes a decision here. Watch this. Saul decides that the answer isn't what he thought it was going to be, so now he has to answer it himself and the moment that you take what you are convinced the answer is going to be and you start thinking on it on your own away from your anointing come on away from your calling and away from your obedience away from your faith you are going to start seeing a problem that will add pressure to your life. The pressure came because Saul decided the answer before him was not good enough. Saul realized, look at the last part of that verse, realized, no, go back to it, realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away so now what does he go he go well, yeah we're out here we've got this big army but now they're starting to disappear lord verse 9 
So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Now, why did he do that? Because his army was leaving. He decided, if we don't have a sacrifice for God, we can't go to war. And these guys are so antsy. Watch this. I have to do something because God isn't answering us the right way. Maybe if we please him. Maybe if we give him what he wants, he'll bless us anyway. What is he doing? He's trying to earn the favor of the Lord. Can I tell you something? He already had it. He was anointed. He had the word. But the pressure from his life forced him, come on, to do, make an answer that would satisfy. Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Verse 10. Just as Saul, look at this, was finishing the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. <laughs> Saul went out to meet and welcome him. Verse 11. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? And Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines at Mick, uh, are at Michmash ready for battle. Now I want, you to, I want you to think about what he just said. Saul is on the day that, he's supposed, that, that Samuel's supposed to come and offer a sacrifice. Doesn't show up when Saul thinks he should. And the pressure is so strong because it's that day that they're supposed to go to battle. So Saul does it himself. And as soon as he finished, the answer arrives. Now catch this. The pressure is the strongest right before your answer shows up. Samuel didn't show up a day later. Samuel just showed up later in the day. Later in the same day. Just because you feel the pressure and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger, you need to understand that you're closest to the answer the more the more antsy you feel the more pressure you feel the more the closer you're getting why because pressure is a distraction to get you to walk away from your answer if Saul had just said okay it's eight o'clock in the morning he said he'd be here on the seventh day. I'm going to wait. Because I'm pretty sure it's day, come on, until it's the next day. Now, I don't know about you. I've, I've been around people that, that just, they can't stand it. They just, oh my God. They just, I remember one time I was taking my parents to the airport here and uh they didn't fly out till like 11 30 and at eight o'clock my mom's like let's go get me in the car get me to the get me to the airport let's go I'm like it's eight o'clock in the morning it's only going to take us 45 minutes to get there you're going to go and sit for you oh no no but I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get there i just gotta i gotta, I gotta get, get there and i understand that i get it i know people you know don't want to miss their plane and they don't want what if the line is uh the security line is so long and oh i get it i get it totally understand it and it's one thing you know to be organized and to be structured it's another thing to allow the organization and the structure to dictate your faith Come on, and to dictate your actions when it comes to your obedience to the call of God. If you're so afraid that you're living in fear, 
from the pressure that is mounting, you are listening to the wrong voice. I remember one time, I don't know, air, airlines, this, this, this is the perfect example of it. We were, we were uh, me and my uncle, he was a pastor of the church. I was a youth pastor, and we were going to, out to Ramah for a crusade to a camp meeting or winter Bible or one of those kind of things. And I believe we were in uh, Dallas or Charlotte. I can't remember if we were in one of those connecting cities like that. And we're going down to get on the plane. They're boarding. He goes, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Uh, go on. I'll meet you on the plane. And I'm like, they're boarding. And it's not like close. It's like 10 gates away. And uh, he's like, no, no, no it'll be okay. It'll be so I go on down, and when I get there, there are three people in front of me, and that's it. There's nobody else in line. And I know that as soon as I give them my ticket, they're going to call his name, wait 10 seconds, and close the door, and it's over. He's missed the flight. He's going to be stranded in Dallas or wherever we were. So, so I'm, like, trying to stall the lady. I'm, like, talking to her, and I'm like, um... So I, I just walk over and I put my foot in the doorway, like, like just right inside, so she can't close the door. And so I'm like, so you guys busy? You know, this is before 9-11, so you know, they'll talk to you and they're a little more relaxed. And she's like, sir, we really need to get on. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I'm looking down the thing and nowhere to be found. He is not visible anywhere. And I am starting to feel it. I'm like, oh my God. He's going to be stuck here. He's got the car reservation. Come on. All I'm going to have to, I don't know, how am I going to get back away from the, uh, the airport when I get in Tulsa? What am I going to do? I'm starting to feel it. And so I'm like, I know uh, that we got to get on, but my, my uncle's coming. He's just, well, he better hurry because we're getting ready to close these doors right now. And I'm, I just won't move. I'm just standing there. And finally, she's like, sir, get on the plane. <laughs> And I turn and I look and he's just, now if y'all ever met my uncle, Jody could tell you, he is the most happy-go-lucky, sometimes, he's an attorney too, so you think, you should know what's going to happen to me. He just, yeah, he just kind of strolling real slow, just kind of smiling as he went. And I'm not talking 15 minutes before the play, I'm talking, they're like, last call, Mr. Bailey, are you here? And he's just strolling along. And I'm like, so I just yell, if you don't come on, they're leaving us. Of course, everybody stops and looks because my voice arrests people. They just, what's going on? Sir, calm down. I'm like, I'm not excited. I'm just trying to get him to hurry. I understand the pressures of things happening to us. But the thing is, is when it comes to the, the little annoying things of everyday life, they'll grow into something that'll dictate the pace of your life on everything. Then every decision you make is going to be one made from pressure. And to be honest with you, there's something about that that we're addicted to. Now, I'm going to use a word, and I don't want anybody in here to get upset, okay? But there was an article that I read that it was very good. It actually was a book, and it's called Big Damn Hurry. Oh, my God. I can't believe Pastor just said that. But the whole book was about the fact that people put things off until the rush of adrenaline comes on them to get it done, because we're addicted to a fast pace in society. We're addicted to things. Like, oh, come on. Some of you all know if you've got company coming over. Now, some of you, I can understand. You probably start cleaning a week before. <laughs> Folding clothes and that kind of thing. But most of us are going to wait till the day of. Come on. And we're going to start feverishly working around the house at a fevered pace because we get that little shot of extra to get it done. Am I right? And it's, oh, I put it off and put it off and put it off until it has to be done. Then the adrenaline kind of pushes us over the... And the thing about it is, is that's what we've kind of all grown used to. When the Bible doesn't call us 
to live that way. The Bible uses the words peace a lot. Still waters a lot. <laughs> Which means what? If we're feeling that way, God didn't lead us there. We did. Well, actually, you know, it's not me. It's my coworkers. They don't understand how important this is. How do you know? Well, they, uh, obviously, they, do, they don't measure up to my standards. That's, that's okay. What's it doing to you right now? And let me tell you, I have to tell myself this all the time. If you allow yourself to let pressure ruin you, come on, you're actually going to, watch this, miss out on the answer that's right behind you. Saul allowed the fear of what may happen. The army may disperse and they may leave. And all my hard work of recruiting posters throughout Jerusalem that said, we want you for the army will be wasted. All those young guys who decided to follow my leadership, they'll never want to follow it again. Oh my gosh, the, the Philistines will start to encroach, come on, into our borders. And I won't be as successful a king as I should be. And the pressure gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And when you let that pressure drive your decisions, you miss the answer. If he would have just waited another couple of hours however long it takes to burn a, a calf down burn a cow into ashes that's all the longer he needed to wait for his answer to walk through the door pressure is not the indicator pressure is a distraction let me just read to you what happened here verse uh, let's start uh, verse number 12 so I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. 13, how foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, look at this, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. The stronger the pressure, the closer you are to your answer. Because, now listen to this, that is the last opportunity the devil has to take the answer away from you. The closest, the closest your answer is, the stronger the pressure will be because that's the last opportunity the, have, the devil has to talk you out of it. But, 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 listen to me. Time is a construct that God created. Now listen to this. If God created, created it, he can bend it Come on, he can change it. He can cause it to stand still. Come on, and in the face of pressure, that doesn't mean God's word is not so, or that doesn't mean that God's word is, not, is, is less true. It's actually closer to manifesting than it has ever been before. So what do you do? Do you sit back and wait for the doorbell to ring and, and know that? No. You lift your hands and you say, Lord, I know you know how important this is. And I know you know how much we need this answer. And right now in the face of this, I'm going to lift my hands and thank you for the answer that's coming. Even though my coworker is driving me crazy right now because they just don't get it. I know you get it and you're faithful. Come on. And I, I thank you that it's mine. I thank you that I have it now. I thank you that we're going to overcome. We're going to be good. We're going to be, oh Lord, it's 10 
10 minutes past the deadline. Lord, I thank you that you're going to make time reverse or time stand still or you're going to make them have grace and mercy in their heart so I can hand this in late and it'll be okay. Lord, I just thank you that you'll cover all the gaps in this in Jesus and just keep thanking him until it's there. We're going to reap it. We're going to have it. We are growing to a place where we need nothing and we are inheriting God's promises and those promises never, come on, disappoint. So, what do I do? Don't buckle under the pressure. Come on, Jesus felt it. Felt it so much so that he prayed so hard his sweat turned into blood. Jesus felt the pressure. So are you. Don't buckle at it. Do like Jesus did. Jesus looked at it and said, <clears throat> Not what I want, what you want. I know. This pressure is making me feel this way, but I'm going to stare it back down and say, this is what the Word says. This is what God says. And until He shows up, I'm not moving. Scripture tells us in the New Testament, and we'll close with this, having done all to stand, stand therefore. I've done everything. I've prepared myself. I've learned as much as I can about. Listen, I'm sure the generals knew what the, 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 the Philistines were capable of. I'm sure they knew what they had done in other battles when they defeated other kingdoms. I'm sure they knew all that their, their intel probably told them everything. They learned everything they could do about it. I'm sure they trained for it. Obviously, they gathered and met there. So now what do they do? They have to stand. But, 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 is it bigger than God? But, 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 is it stronger than God? But, 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 is, listen, is anything too hard for God? <laughs> Pressure, I see you. Yeah, I know you. But you can't come in right now. You can keep knocking at the door all day long, but I'm not living, I'm not living with you. You can't come in here. God is going to deliver me. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Lord, thank you for our time together today. Thank you that pressure is not the indicator. I thank you that because in the face of pressure, you're still working, you're still answering, you're still changing. And Father, I thank you that news to the contrary, <laughs> news to the contrary doesn't move us. Hallelujah. Experts' opinion do not move us. I thank you, Lord God, that the situation doesn't dictate what happens. Your word does. And so we stand on it and we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that those promises are true in our lives forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on. That's for somebody. News to the contrary. News to the contrary does not dictate. Come on. Don't let that pressure come up on you. Don't let that pressure rule you. Do you have to like the pressure? No. Do you have to just take it? No. But don't just allow it to push you all over the place and rule you. You can tell it what to do. You can decide what's going to happen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So whoever that is, you've gotten news from a doctor or you've gotten news from your job You've gotten news that they're closing down again or whatever it is. And, and that might be for somebody. I know that that's starting to happen in pockets of the country. They're starting to lock things back down to, to, to flatten the curve or whatever they call it. There's other people freaking out about Thanksgiving. What are we going to do about that? 
What are we going to do about that? Listen, don't, don't allow that to shake you. God's faithful. He's faithful. Well, we've only got so much time to figure that out. God already knows what's going to happen because he's going to cause it to happen in those who will believe him. So just allow that. Just be a place where you can stand. And that word beforehand, that was not anywhere in my notes today. Whoever that's for, that pressure to be perfect, don't listen to that. It's a lie from the devil, and it's putting you in a bad place. You're living in misery because of that, that lie. So stop listening to it. Now, if you're watching me today, and you're uh, part of the online congregation, and you don't know Jesus, listen, you're fighting pressure on your own. You don't have any promises. You don't have any assurances. You're just kind of out there flopping in the wind and hopeless. And uh, the reason that Christians, uh, especially faith people, act like, and some people say they're arrogant. Some people think they think they're better than everybody else. No, it's just that they know what God's done for them. And so they can face these things a lot differently than somebody that doesn't know God. And so if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your lives. It isn't because any of us are any better than you. We don't even think that. Never have in a million years thought that. We just know who is better than all of us, and he decided to love us anyway. So if you want to have that relationship with him today, today is your day to make that happen. You can just say this prayer with me, mean it from your heart, and believe what you're saying is so and I promise you, your life will turn around. Does that mean you're going to be perfect after this? No. If I could pan the crowd right now and in, in, in online and ask for all the perfect people to raise their hand, we would have a 100% response of hands down. Doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect, but it means that you have an answer that will be perfect. It'll be perfect every time. But that only happens if you start down this relationship with Jesus. So if that's you, I want you to say this prayer with me and mean it from your heart. Come on, believe what we're saying. Believe these words. Father, I come before you today, a sinner. But I believe that Jesus is your son. And I believe that Jesus has been, has been raised from the dead. And I believe that Jesus is Lord of all. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't know who it is, but I just, as we were saying that, I just sensed it by the Holy Spirit. Somebody's praying right now. And, and you're, you're, you said that prayer with me, and now you feel like you're supposed to just pour out everything that you've ever done wrong and beg for forgiveness. Listen to me. You don't have to beg. Beg is for, begging is for people who are unsure if they're getting something. Rest assured today that if you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, they're forgiven. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I just went through. I don't care. I went through a bad season in my life too where I made the worst decisions possible. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. He forgave me. And he's forgiven you as soon as you said it. You don't have to go and list the laundry list and waller in it and tell him how bad it is and how you realize it. Listen, he knows as soon as you said it. It is an instantaneous thing that happens and you say, I just can't believe it's that fast. See, then you don't understand what he went through for you. All the stuff that you feel like you should be going through to make yourself pay for it, he already did. He took a beating. He died a horrible death. He went to hell. Come on, he already did all that for you. So stop crying and snotting and, oh, I'm so sorry. I know that this is an emotional moment for you. I know that you feel like a, that you are unworthy. But see, here's the thing. As soon as you said it, Jesus made you worthy. And now you're a different person. You're a different person than when you started that prayer. And it happened that fast. And he loves you so much. Your life just changed that fast.
Well, I don't feel any different. You will. You will. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let me pray for all of you believers. Some of you that are going through some of this, this pressure that we're talking about, listen to me. Pressure will, will absolutely distract you if you'll let it. And I'll say this as a pastor. We don't, we don't look at anything that you're doing, anything that you're going through as an excuse to kick you out. We just don't. Well, people at church aren't going to accept me or whatever. Then go to, come to this church. We will. We will. We will. Now, we, we will love you too much to leave you there, but we're not going to make that, we're not going to dictate that. Oh, you can only stay if you show me this much progress. No, you stay if you don't show me any progress. You, should, you stay anyway because the Lord's working. And I'm not going to put a measuring stick on you. I'm not going to have you measure up the standards that are invisible. Come on, we're going to just love you and help you and teach you and grow you. Come to church here. All right? If you're a believer and, and you're just trying to make yourself, you know, uh, live up to a standards that you can then call yourself a Christian, that's backwards. That's like taking a bath before you take a shower. <laughs> it's, 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 it's useless. Let the, the goodness of God, come on, cover all your imperfections, cover all the things that you're failing. And, and allow that pressure to be what it is, just a distraction. And look at it and say, I see you, but I'm not giving in to you. All right? I want to pray for you today. If that's you, just stretch your hands towards the screen. Lift your hands here in the congregation if you want to. And Father, I just pray for every one of those who are feeling that pressure to perform in areas that they, they have just created themselves. Lord, I thank you that you don't put pressure on anybody. You don't drive people. You just lead and show people. And then, Father, you love us even in the, the times where we haven't made the right decisions. You love us anyway. You, you still lead us. You're still calling. You're still asking. And now, Father, I pray that you'll help us see that. We don't have to perform for you. We can just walk in what you called us to do. Help us to feel that and enjoy that and walk in that. In Jesus' name. Now, I take authority over fear. I take authority over anxiety. I take authority over condemnation. And that's for somebody that's watching me right now. Condemnation, because you feel like you're not measuring up. Come on. That's, that's a lie. In Jesus' name, condemnation, we just break it off of you right now. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off of them. Now, don't let them put its hands back on you. When you start feeling it, just say no. Nope, nope, nope. I am not feeling that. Walk free in it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to see the difference in improving and, and, and growing and condemnation. Lord, let us, let us, help us see that. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a moment, lift our hands, and thank him right now. He's so good to us. He's just so good to us. Hallelujah. Come on. Some of us have felt a lot of pressure in these last couple of weeks. Come on. It's been hard. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're working. You're still working. Still working to cause all things to work together for our good, Lord. All things to work together for our good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Come on. Some of you are feeling the strength to come back right now. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, you're feeling that condemnation just roll off of you right now. Hallelujah, that fear roll off of you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I keep trying to close it, but this, you know, <laughs> just, it's, you just have to listen to the Holy Spirit sometimes. Uh, and I, I don't know who this is for, but, uh, and it may be for somebody in the building. But here's the thing. There is a, the Lord will correct you. But correction isn't a condemnation. Correction is what shows you the right path to take. And some of you have had the, the path set before you to see what you're supposed to do, and you're feeling condemned because you didn't see it yourself. You need to drop that. That condemnation is a lie. You don't Listen, if we were expected to know everything, what is the Holy Spirit for? He was sent to empower us. So whoever you are, stop it. Stop, stop, stop feeling that condemnation. And just walk the path God showed you. Just, just okay. I mean, and he's just going to say, no, you need to stop doing that. You need to start doing this. That's not condemnation. That's I love you so much, the reward's over here. Don't walk over there. That's where the bad stuff is. And listen to me. If you walked into bad stuff, that wasn't him going, I told you not to walk over there. That's just us being hard-headed. <laughs> he doesn't rub that in your face. In fact, in the bad stuff, he'll come over and say, all right, walk right there and come out. All right, now, you ready to follow me? Let's go. Come on. It's never condemnation. You're not good enough for my leading. <laughs> oh, you took, you've accepted my son? You're good enough for me to lead. Come on. So, so just walk in that. Walk in that. Let the Lord correct you. You're not perfect. You're correctable. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I, just, I don't know who that's for, but it's good. Good nonetheless. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Praise God. Well, I feel like I can close now. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to. You just have to just say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm not worried about the time. I'll just follow you. And uh, we kind of try to stay there all the time. <laughs> you know, but sometimes I, I'll have, you know, a good message that I know he wants me to, to teach to people. So, you know. I had a conversation one time that, for me, the, the, the big call and anointing on me is, the, is I'm a Bible teacher. Now, I'm not a theologian Bible teacher where we're going to get into really deep doctrinal, you know. I mean, I, I've taught Bible school, but, but I'm not going to talk about, you know, really, really, really heady stuff. But I can, I can break down the, the, the scriptures and teach it. That's my main calling. Uh, is to be a Bible teacher and, and a pastor. And, uh, and so sometimes you, you, you get, you know, somebody said one time, man, I just feel like sometimes when you get up there, the anointing's so strong, and then you get up there and just start talking, and it just, just feels like it all goes away. And I'm like, no, that's the anointing on me to teach the Word. <laughs> oh, well, we just thought when the anointing shows up like that, it's supposed to be, you know, everybody run the aisles or fall on the floor or whatever. I'm like, that's part of it, but that's not the only thing. And sometimes these words will come like this, and you just that's just as much the anointing as teaching it something deep. So so you just kind of flow and let the let the Holy Spirit go and let him do his thing. And and so praise God. All right. We're going to receive today's tithes and offerings. If you're going to give today, you can give online at direction.church slash give, or you can text your uh, amount you're going to give today to 84321 there it is on the screen um, you can um, uh, if you're going to give today towards the food drive when you give text the amount that you're going to give and then put the word food drive next to it or Christmas what is it Jody you remember Christmas food drive all right if you're going to give towards that now 
Wednesday night, I don't know how many of you were watching, but after Pastor Terry finished speaking, I actually came on at the end because I was given an opportunity this week by a friend of mine who uh, is a pastor and um, he has the largest television network in Pakistan. It reaches 137 different countries in that region of the world. Um, And I've actually preached for him several times for their live events. They, they roll in somewhere, and then um, I come up on the screen and say, hello. Um, and so uh, I've preached for him a couple times, and he, you know, the last time uh, we, we did one, uh, they had, I, I had a word for somebody that was believing God for children. And they had 4,300 prayer requests come in for, for, for that, saying, please tell Pastor Brent to pray for us that way. And and so, and then we had, I can't remember how many salvations, my buddy Jeff Bardell, who's a world record holder, one-arm golf, uh, hitting the ball one with one arm. He's an amputee. Uh, he gave his story, and, and there was a couple thousand people that gave their life to Jesus that day. Um, and so we get to do this periodically. He'll call me and ask me to do it, and uh, he asked me on uh, that day, I think it was Wednesday, if we wanted to, there's uh, November 20th, I'm going to be doing one of those at a village in Pakistan that's inside the walls of a cemetery, which sounds so disturbing. Um, but it's inside the walls of a cemetery, and I was not aware that Pakistan had a large uh, black magic and and Satan worshiping community. I just thought they were all Muslim, but they do. And there's lots of, you know, the words he used with black magic around there, around that village. And um, but the leadership in the village has agreed to let them come and do a crusade in the cemetery. Uh, and they're going to invite the other villages from around to come to it. Uh, now think about that you're living in a cemetery that's got to just be weird um but they're going to uh put up a big screen and they're going to have worship and they're going to do a full-blown crusade and then i'm going to come up on the screen and preach but they ask if we would sow some seed into uh buying bibles for everybody in the village there are 60 people that live in live inside the village inside the cemetery now you go, that's not very many people. In the villages around, it's a lot more, but they just want to reach the ones that are inside the cemetery because they're the ones that are obviously living in a very dark place <laughs> and the black magic and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so we have been given an opportunity to sow into a foreign country the Word of God, which, come on, when you, when you sow the Word, the Word brings back hundredfold return. Some 30, some 60, some 140. All right. And it's always the word. So what we're going to do, the Bibles are $6.50 per Bible. If you get 60 of them, that's $390. That's not a lot of money. I know that we're doing a lot right now with this Christmas food drive. So we're not asking anybody to step up, one person to step up and do it. We're just asking everybody to do something. Um, $390 divided by all of us and all of you that are watching online. It's not a whole lot of money. So uh, now if we go over, we'll buy more Bibles. That's fine. I'm just saying, uh, I know in light of the Christmas drive that's coming up, we're asking some people to do $100 gift cards and things like that. Uh, So we just don't want you to do what you can. So if you'd like to uh, give towards the Bibles, you can go uh, on the amount that you're giving today, just put mission fund, and we'll know that if it came in, you know, in the last week, that it's for those Bibles, all right? What I would love to do is get a, have them more than enough so they could give them to people that live outside the village as well, but it's okay if they don't. Now, I've already got somebody that told me that whatever doesn't come in from the church people, and now he said, now, if nothing comes in from the church people, I'm not going to do anything. He said, but whatever doesn't come in from the church people, I'll cover what else, whatever the gap is, okay? So if you want to give, you know, if you want to do one Bible, that's fine. If you want to do 10 Bibles, that's fine. However many you want to do, 
If you want to do it, just put on there the amount. Okay? So you text. If you're going to do 10 Bibles, that's $65. And put next to it, mission fund. All right? Giving you a little extra time today to think about that, pray about it. And if you don't, can't do it today, you want to do it, you know, tomorrow I know is the 16th. I know a lot of folks get paid tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, if you want to wait till Tuesday or Wednesday, that's okay too. Just wanted to get it before you because this is a chance to sow. Come on, somebody. And that's one of the things the Lord was talking to me about. There's a difference between sowing and giving and tithing. And we're going to talk about that in the series here coming up here real soon. Um, but sowing is a chance to really do something for the future. And so uh, if you're believing God for some futuristic things uh, in your life, this may be an opportunity for you right now. All right, so if you want to do that, you can do that today by texting the amount to 84321 and then put mission funds next to it. Now, that doesn't mean you stop giving your tithes. Go ahead and give your tithes because we still got rent to pay. <laughs> All right, so praise the Lord. All right, that should be long enough. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give today. We thank you that the needs of Direction Church are being met. We thank you that the needs of its people are being met. We thank you that as we follow your rules of giving and receiving, Lord God, we're getting new jobs and raises and promotions. We're getting new patients, new clients, new listings. Lord God, we're getting new investment opportunities, new invention ideas. Uh, Lord God, things that have been uh, new business opportunities. Lord, things that have been stuck that we've been waiting for are breaking forth and coming through. Lord God, we're getting divine appointments and divine a favor upon us during those appointments. We're debt free in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that uh, inheritance money and unexpected increase is coming into our lives because of your our faithfulness to follow your rules of giving and receiving. We thank you that it's so and every need's met in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give this morning. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, let's stand up and get you out of here. Thank you so much for coming and being with us online today. Those of you who were online, uh, know that we do miss you. We wish you were here in the building with us. Amen. Uh, but do us a favor. If you're going to be watching from home for a while, click the share button and share the sermons like crazy. All right. Praise God. All right. Lift your hands if you receive this blessing. I call you blessed. I say you'll go everywhere God's called you to go. You'll have everything God's called you to have. You'll do everything God's created you to do, and you'll be everything God's created you to be. You'll walk in the favor of the Lord, and your life will be blessed. Let's go take the journey together. Have a great day, everybody.